Hi, this is Classics Unlocked, a program brought to you by Universal Music and Classics Direct. My name's Graham Abbott. Thanks for your company. In this program, we're going to talk about one of the most overwhelming works of art ever created by the mind of man. There are famous examples of this from human history. Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel frescoes, the pyramids of Egypt, the statues of Easter Island, the terracotta warriors of China, we all have our favourites. But in the world of music, there's one magnum opus which comes to mind whenever we think of the truly monumental and overwhelming. Richard Wagner's Ring of the Nibelung. Obviously, talking about something which contains more than 14 hours of music in a short program like this means we're not going to go into a huge amount of detail. But because the ring is really overwhelming, because it was meant to be, this sometimes means it falls too easily into the too hard basket for many music lovers. So if you're one of the overwhelmed, I hope that what follows will give you some context and a few helpful signposts. All the musical examples in this program come from the groundbreaking recording of The Ring conducted by Sir George Schulte, which was completed in 1965. Firstly, the staggering story of the creation of The Ring. It's important to remember that Wagner wrote the texts as well as the music for his operas. He'd begin by writing a prose draft of the story, basically a short story version of the plot. Then he would expand this into the actual text, or libretto, that he would set to music. Then this would be set to music in short score, with all the voice parts in full, but the orchestral part written in shorthand across a few staves. Then the short score would be orchestrated, resulting in the complete full score. Wagner was fascinated by ancient myths, and earlier works like The Flying Dutchman, Tannhäuser and Lohengrin came from such sources. But I'm certain not even Wagner, when he first explored the idea of writing an opera on the Nibelung myths of Germany and Scandinavia, could have known what he was starting. In 1848, he wrote a prose draft based on the Nibelung myths. He turned this into a libretto for a single opera called Siegfried's Tod, The Death of Siegfried. Three years later, in 1851, he wrote an opera libretto called Der Junge Siegfried, Young Siegfried, designed to introduce the death of Siegfried. 
By the end of the year, he'd realised that this pair of operas themselves needed introductory operas. So he sketched a prose outline called Die Valkyrie, the Valkyrie, to introduce young Siegfried, and then another called Das Rheingold, the Rhine Gold, to introduce the whole lot. The verse texts for Rheingold and Valkyrie were completed in mid to late 1852, and at the end of the year he revised Young Siegfried and The Death of Siegfried. The latter two texts were also given new titles. Young Siegfried became just Siegfried, and The Death of Siegfried became Götterdämmerung, The Twilight of the Gods. So, by the end of 1852, after four years' work, Wagner had four opera texts ready to set to music, comprising a cycle of four gigantic operas, which he called Der Ring des Nibelungen, The Ring of the Nibelung. A few musical sketches had been made, but now the serious work of setting them to music would have to begin. Das Rheingold was composed in 1853 and 54. Die Valkyrie wasn't finished until March 1856. Before starting the music for Siegfried, Wagner sketched out some ideas for another extraordinary operatic project based on his recent researches into Buddhism. To be called Die Sieger, the victors, 
This opera never went beyond a prose sketch, but the notion of writing a Buddhist opera in which reincarnation was reflected musically in Wagner's use of recurring themes haunted him for the rest of his life. A few years earlier, he'd planned a five-act opera called Jesus of Nazareth. Now that would have been fascinating. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In mid-1856, Wagner set to work on composing Siegfried. This period also saw the first dated musical sketches for Tristan und Isolde, and early the next year, the formal ideas for Parsifal began to take shape. Parsifal, in particular, took up the ideas of passion, chastity, renunciation and redemption, which he'd been thinking about for the unrealized Buddhist opera. Indeed, for all its overt Christian symbolism, Parsifal has much about it which actually derives from Buddhism. Then, in 1857, in the midst of a passionate but probably unconsummated affair with Matilda Wesendonck, the wife of his principal benefactor at the time, Wagner made a momentous decision. After completing the music for the second act of Siegfried, he put the ring aside and started to compose Tristan und Isolde. The passion for Matilda demanded that this opera, about love so strong that it creates a blissful death, be composed, whatever the cost. And at exactly the same time, Wagner and his wife Minna had house guests. The conductor and pianist Hans von Bülow visited with his new wife on their honeymoon. His wife was Cosima, the daughter of Wagner's longtime supporter and friend, Franz Liszt. Thus, Living with his ailing and abandoned first wife, Wagner, in the midst of an intoxicating passion for the wife of his benefactor, had as his houseguest Cosima, the woman who would eventually become his second wife. In 1858, Wagner's long-suffering wife threw him out. She'd had enough of his obsession with Matilda. He completed Tristan by early August, a phenomenal amount of work in such a short period of time for a piece containing about four hours of innovative, complex music. Late in 1861, he began work on his next opera, Die Meistersinger von Nürnberg, The Master Singers of Nuremberg. It contains about five hours of music and wasn't completed until 1867. During this time, he'd given up all hope of ever finishing The Ring. However, a new player came into Wagner's life, the young King Ludwig II of Bavaria, who was determined to support Wagner and see the ring finished. In March 1869, nearly 12 years after finishing the second act of Siegfried and having written two of the biggest operas in the business in the interim, Wagner returned to the unfinished ring project and started Act Three. Two years later, in February 1871, he finally finished Siegfried. He'd started it nearly 15 years before, during which time Minna Wagner had died and the composer had married Cosima von Bülow, after the birth of their third child together, called Siegfried. Before starting work on Goethe-Demmerung, the search began for somewhere to mount the ring when it was complete. Eventually, a new theatre was built in the Bavarian town of Bayreuth, 
and on the 21st of November 1874, Wagner put the final notes on the score of Goethe Demerung. From his first prose sketches on The Ring, made in 1848, the project had taken 26 years from start to finish. Bayreuth Festival, at which The Ring received its first complete performance, took place in August 1876. It was an enormous artistic success and major international news. It was attended by crowned heads, dignitaries and major musical figures from across Europe. A massive deficit of 148,000 marks meant that another festival couldn't be held for some years, but the precedent had been set and Wagner deserved his triumph. The Bayreuth Festival held in the composer's own theatre is still the heart of the cult of Wagner today. We think of The Ring as a tetralogy, a series of four works, but Wagner viewed it as a trilogy with an introductory evening. It's for this reason that the first opera, Das Rheingold, is in one very long act, lasting about two and a half hours. Each of the three main operas is made up of three acts. In Rheingold, we're introduced to Alberich, the Nibelung dwarf, the Nibelung referred to in the title for the whole cycle. The Rhine maidens who guard the magic Rhine gold tell us that whoever possesses it and renounces love will rule the world. Alberich steals the gold and begins a reign of vicious tyranny, but when he's duped out of the gold by Wotan, chief of the gods, he puts a curse on it. Until he gets it back, whoever possesses the gold will live in fear, lose the gold, and die. By the end of Rheingold, the ring is in the possession of the giant Fafner, who transforms himself into a dragon to guard the riches he's accumulated.
In the second opera, Die Valkyrie, the first night of the official trilogy, we leave the world of the gods and meet human characters for the first time. The ring itself doesn't appear in this part, but everything in the story is somehow connected to it. The story introduces the humans through whom Wotan hopes to retrieve the ring for himself. The incestuous love of the twins, Siegmund and Sieglinde, who were born of a liaison between Wotan and a mortal woman, results in the conception of the hero, Siegfried. The title of the second opera, The Valkyrie in English, refers to Brunhilde, also a child of Wotan, this time by the goddess Erda, and from here on she becomes the central character of the entire cycle.
By the end of this stage of the cycle, Wotan and Brunhilde are estranged. Sigmund is dead and Sieglinde is pregnant with her brother's child, whom Brunhilde reveals will be a mighty hero. This hero, Wotan hopes, will be the agent through whom the ring will be recovered. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We meet Siegfried, the son of Siegmund and Sieglinde, in the opera which bears his name. Wotan, far from being the mighty ruler of the gods we encountered earlier, is now reduced to being the Wanderer, ruefully observing events but powerless to stop them. In Siegfried, the hero reforges his dead father's sword, saved for him by his mother who died giving birth to him. He defeats Fafner the dragon and takes possession of the ring.
scene of Siegfried, the hero encounters Brunhilde and they fall in love. Now in possession of the ring and subject to its curse, opera's ultimate power couple takes center stage in the cosmic story, thus leading to the downfall of the gods and both their deaths in the final opera, Götterdämmerung, The Twilight of the Gods. At the end of the cycle, the world is destroyed by fire, as are the gods, and the Rhine overflows. The ring is returned to the Rhine Maidens and the entire cycle comes back to where it began. The final bars suggest a new beginning of rebirth. Wagner's thoughts of reincarnation are never far away, despite the utter chaos, evil and destruction which have brought the world to this point.
any opera company who would mount the ring does so with some trepidation. It is a truly epic undertaking by any measure. Wagner requires superhuman voices to sing massive amounts of music over an enormous orchestra. Orchestras of more than a hundred players are usual for the ring, and the stamina required of the players is often overlooked. The scenic requirements are usually massive and expensive, depending on the director's vision for the production, and enormously long rehearsal periods are needed, especially in locations where there isn't an ongoing tradition of performing the cycle. Lighting, costumes, extra stagehands, every area of operatic endeavour is bigger and more expensive when a company mounts the ring. As far as casting is concerned, this is often terrifying to get right. It's very rare that all the roles can be cast with the best available singers at any given time, and there is a finite number of singers in the world who can do justice to Wagner's demands. For the first half of the 20th century, the ring was regarded as unrecordable. Even if the right cast, orchestra and conductor could be engaged, there was an assumption among record companies that a recording of the ring wouldn't sell. The financial risk was regarded as too great. But between 1958 and 1965, the ring was recorded for the first time. Producer John Culshaw, one of the legendary names in the world of recording, persuaded Decca that it could and should be done, and, to their credit, once the decision was made, no corner was cut. The result was the stuff of dreams. George Schulte, one of the finest opera conductors of all time, the Vienna Philharmonic, one of the finest orchestras of all time, and a cast of some of the greatest Wagnerian singers of all time. Recent remasterings of the recorded sound and CD re-releases have kept the first recorded ring in the catalogue ever since. And despite the fact that there are now many recordings to choose from involving other luminary names, for many, the Shanti ring is unbeatable. Extracts in this program have been drawn from this historic achievement. Many thanks to Tom Ford for this program's technical production. I'm Graham Abbott. Happy listening.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.